TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome to Nothing Impossible on St. Louis's News Radio, KMOX. All right, welcome into our weekly conversation about St. Louis innovation, new ways of thinking about things. Michael Calhoun with you along with... Travis Sheridan, and we have a, a full show today. We're going to talk about things that help the kids, things that help the region, things that help startups. Seems like a good trifecta for today's show. Well, the Science Coach program is really cool. It's like a multi-month research and come up with a new idea, and then you've got to go before a jury, and, and, and it just sounds really cool. And some of the things that these students, these high school students have been looking into, man. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's all about preparing the next generation workforce and allowing kids exposure to these these career fields that may be a bit unknown. And then we're going to talk with Jason Hall, who's going to be the leader of Greater St. Louis, Inc. It's a merger of, geez, how many groups? All these household names that you've heard of, like the Regional Chamber, Downtown STL, Inc. Civic Progress is a part of this. Five of these organizations are merging together to help St. Louis better attract jobs and marketing may be a part of this as well. Just uh, as we learn that Reuters is reporting that 23 million Americans may move out of the country's biggest cities to less expensive and less crowded places. Good time for St. Louis to market itself. And finally, we're going to check in with uh, Emily Lowe's Bush of Arch Grants. The latest cohort was just announced. We'll find out what the companies are that are moving from across the country, across the world, or up the street to downtown St. Louis. I've always been a fan of what Arch Grants has done, and this is probably their ninth year now of putting money directly into the hands of startups so they can scale. And as we've talked about a lot on this show, Michael, even the companies that, you know, maybe they fail or they don't necessarily succeed like we had planned. A lot of that talent stays in the region. Yeah. So that's a packed show. Stay tuned. We've got a lot of innovation to come on Nothing Impossible on KMOX. Welcome back. Michael Calhoun and Travis Sheridan with you talking about local innovation and in this case, what's called an innovation curriculum. Jill Malcolm is the executive director of Science Coach. Thank you so much for joining us on KMOX. My pleasure. Nothing all... I love better than doing, talking about science and innovation. Oh, yeah. Well, give us a little introduction. What is Science Coach? It's a program of BioSTL. What is it? How did this get started? So Science Coach is um, a full-year methodology. Um, it's a full-year program. Well, what we do is we provide job-embedded professional development training for teachers in 6th through 12th grade. And these are Maverick teachers from public 
private, and homeschooled, and we teach them how to coach students to create high-level research projects. And then those students enter and defend their research at various different local, state, regional, national, and even international jury competitions. Um, And then if those ideas or projects that the students come up with are able to be turned into a business, we actually help them with that innovation and entrepreneurship and possibly um, help them actually start a business. So it's a complete program that not only supports the teachers, but also supports the students. And in that process of trying to support the students, um, we have... Uh, been working to create this innovation curriculum. So when COVID happened in February, we moved up our idea of allowing, um, having a virtual way for teachers to remotely manage students doing high-level research. So we created this innovation curriculum, and it really helps the students it guides them through the process of innovation. And it's everything from ideation to actually creating and to testing to communicating that developed project. Um, so this step-by-step curriculum we made for our teachers, and we are now opening it up to micro schools, parents who are working with students at home, students who finish their classwork early and are looking for a challenge, um, students are adventures in the wanting processes, a, a, a guideline, a methodology for which they can try to invent. Jill, it seems, uh, you know, oftentimes people think innovation just happens spontaneously, right? That it's uh, an idea comes to a person in the shower or they grab a bar napkin real quickly, hopefully not uh, high school students grabbing a bar napkin, but they grab a bar napkin and jot something down. How important is it to have structured curriculum for for the process of innovation? Well, if you want to have adult innovators to transform and revitalize the Louis region, we need to address the STEM workforce pipeline of students in 6th through 12th grade and give them an opportunity to really experience innovation and in, in something that interests them. Um, so having a, while there are always, there's always that spark of creativity and imagination that happens, the reality of it is Anybody can be an innovator and anybody can can tap into that creative side of them and address a problem of something that is a problem for them or for their community. And this methodology and this curriculum steps them through that thought process of how they can look at information um, in, a, in a different way and how to structure it. And it really provides that guidance that often is lacking. So, yes, there's always a, a moment or a process of, of spark, but there's also a process and a methodology. So we, with our innovation curriculum, are providing that connection for both the spark and the methodology. Jill, it feels like you talk about the process, the methodology, being able to discern things and distill information, and it sounds like even if somebody decides, you know, science is just not what I'm interested in as a lifelong career, it still sounds like they're going to get some uh, some skills which are essential. Everybody should know how to evaluate information. These are skills that, that go just beyond this competition. 
Absolutely. We measure actually 27 different outcomes for 21st century skills like persistence, perseverance, perseverance and resiliency. We also are measuring that integration, that how do they integrate these skills into their actual life. And, of course, all the recognition that they receive, which is a lot. The reality of it is, while our, last year we had 81% of our students actually went into a STEM career, 100% of them need to live in an increasingly scientifically advanced world. So they need to be able to understand those Facebook posts and to be able to assess, well, is that really a valid research question? Is that really tested with control groups? You know, when often when people say information that makes it sound like it's pseudoscience, without having the critical thinking skills and the ability to assess whether or not that science actually has validity, that those are skills that are, especially today in today's pandemic world, are absolutely essential. Well, Jill, I understand you have a couple of students on the line with us. Can you introduce them uh, so we can chat with them? Yes. While we serve 6th through 12th grade students in public, private, and homeschools in multiple states, um, today we have two seniors. Ethan Dunsworth, he's a senior at Holt High School in Wentzville, and Taylor Johnson, who's a senior at Governor French Academy in Belleville, Illinois. Welcome to both of you. Taylor, why don't we start with you? Can you tell us a little bit about your experience in in this process and in the innovation curriculum? Oh, yes, I can definitely tell you about my experience. It's been amazing, to say the least. The amount of backup they've given me, the amount of influence they've given me, it's been amazing to have my teachers say, hey, science coach has this, science coach has that. Here, you might be interested in this, you might be interested in that. It's been something that I'm not used to, but it was something that definitely gave me confidence in myself to actually want to do something science-related because at first... I really had no interest in anything science. I didn't think I was smart enough for it. But Science Coach has really brought me out of my shell, to say the least. Taylor, what did you decide to research as part of this? I'm researching the relationship between permanent hair dyes and cancer. After reading that bladder and breast cancer were the two most common types linked to hair dye, I wanted to understand the correlation between them to know more about the risks of my possible future career goal. And this was personal to me, to say the least, because a personal family friend who was a cosmetologist passed away due to breast cancer. And I think this research can save someone else after her and leave a legacy, not only me, but her as well. And, and Taylor, has it, have you, since going through this curriculum and this type of learning, has it caused you to look at the world differently? Do you view things through a different lens now? I think so. I don't just see it as science and numbers. I see it as um, people, data, theories, hypotheses, things like that. It's not just history and numbers. Uh-huh. And Ethan Dunsworth, a senior at Holt High School in Wentzville, is also on the line with us. Ethan, what did you learn? What did you take out of this program? Uh, I, I learned a lot from this program. I think probably the, uh, the greatest thing that I learned was self-discipline. 
it's uh, we've got a lot of time before our competition is, uh, before our competition really starts in uh, early March, mid February, and we start our project sometimes as early as the summer before. So we've really got to learn how to pace ourselves and get it all done and uh, contact people, professionals in the field, and really that initiative to send email after email when no one responds, looking for a mentor, uh, staying up till midnight doing something, writing a paper, uh, getting one last thing done in research just to, you know, get get what you need to do for that week. And Ethan, what is it that you're working on for your uh, for your project and the competition? Uh, yeah, so in my project, I'm looking at making nuclear fusion, which is a form of clean energy a little bit more efficient. Uh, specifically, I'm looking at a method of fusing hydrogen and boron atoms that was proposed by a group of Australian researchers. Uh, so most modern attempts at fusion use deuterium tritium, or like DT fuel, which produces radioactive waste in a sense that can damage the reactor and harm the environment. Hydrogen boron fusion, on the other hand, actually produces less radioactive waste than burning coal. Um, as for why I chose it going into this project, I knew I wanted to do something in physics since I like physics and I wanted to see how I might like doing it in college and in a future career. Uh, and energy accessibility is also an issue I really care about. Access to electricity is one of the best predictors of quality of life in developing countries. And if we don't switch to cleaner sources of energy soon, my generation will be the one that has to deal with the catastrophic consequences. Jill, what, what does success look like? You know, give us a, take a look at the crystal ball. Look at this three, five, seven years out. What does success look like for this program? For this program, while we measure 27 different metrics, we have all kinds of, of demographics that we measure. The, the, the real measure is going to be in, this, in the STEM workforce creation here in St. Louis. In order to have this pipeline of, the, of this educated and talented STEM workforce, you have to get the kids started early. And that's one of the things that BioSTL recognized, which is why we became a program of them in 2018, even though we've been doing this since 2007. Um, we currently have 31 teachers in four states and 324 students. 55% of them are female and 35% are underrepresented students. So those um, while we have wonderful accolades of, you know, 33 national, international awards, over 270 regional awards, and over a quarter million dollars in scholarships and cash prizes to these students. So you have those kind of metrics, but you also have an educated um, population. And even if every student doesn't go into STEM, they've learned critical thinking skills for a year-long project. This is not a one and done, here's a, you know, one hour or one class or one week thing. This is a deep dive into something that the students get an opportunity to choose that topic. So like in Ethan, you know, he thinks he wants to do physics research in college, but this gives him a chance to actually do it. Last year we had a student who was interested in, in neuroscience, so she ended up doing a science project in neuroscience, and she her words were, last year, I thought I wanted to go into neuroscience. This year, I know that this is my place. This is where I belong. This is my passion. And so that's what happens. 
success is when students get the opportunity to experience this. Jill, this reminds me a little bit of something I did in middle and high school. It was called National History Day, and it seems uh, like it's pretty similar, just social studies versus science, but a months-long process. The goal was primary sources, created a documentary at the end that went before judges to progress to different levels, and it helped me realize that journalism was what I wanted to do. And so I'm, I'm curious for Taylor and Ethan, start with Taylor and then Ethan can answer, what has this helped you uh, in terms of deciding what you want to do? Is this confirmed anything for you or made you second guess anything, uh, set you in a certain direction? Uh, Taylor, what has this done to help you with your direction? Well, as I said before, um, my project deals with the correlation between permanent hair dye, and breast and bladder cancer. And I personally want to go into cosmetology. I don't know where I want to go in the future, but I definitely know it has something to do with this field of um, a career field. Uh, yeah, so I guess mine, mine's a bit different. I, um, I, I've known that I wanted to do something related to physics for a while, but I, uh, last year I also did the science coach program. I didn't take any physics classes before that, though, so I thought I'd branch out and do something not physics-based just to see how I'd like that, and I actually did a study. Um, I did a research project into um, depression and uh, bioinformatics and a lot of, a lot of uh, technical stuff with that, and it kind of made me rethink my interests because I always kind of didn't like biology in school. I liked physics and so physics and math were more my style, but that project kind of made me realize I like biology and maybe in a future career I could blend the two, physics and bio. And sometimes it's what they discover that they don't like is just as important as when they discover what they do like. Uh, because until you really experience it, reading all the career information and talking to counselors, and it, that gives you one level of knowledge. But when you actually do it, and this is a year-long project, just like your history project, it, it walks them through the entire process of creating, deciding on a topic, creating the process and the procedure. So this is all independent research. Um, or, or a, a new invention. This is not um, a consumer product testing type of uh, curriculum. This is an innovation curriculum. It is teaching kids the process of innovation, of inventing, of, of seeing a problem and then figuring out a solution to address that problem. So we have students that are doing uh, solving an antibiotic resistance of strep bacteria this year. And what they're simply doing is blocking the signal that causes the bacteria to actually release the symptom-causing toxins. Um, we have all kinds of students that are doing, you know, creating a prosthetic, a, a different invention for a prosthetic leg. You know, there's it, so it doesn't matter what they're engineering or what they are doing from a computer science or a wet lab typical environment or physics. It doesn't matter. It's what is of interest to the student. So, like Taylor, cosmetology has a ton of science behind it. And any good cosmetologist really needs to understand the science because it makes a big difference when you're dealing with 
different kinds of hair. So the learning that art and science is going to be a valuable tool for every student, regardless of what discipline of science they're going into, from behavioral health to engineering to a straight-up invention. This innovation curriculum will help guide them along that way. Well, I, I always say that the success in life isn't about having answers. It's about asking better questions. And uh, it sounds like this, uh, this, this innovation curriculum can help students do that. Uh, Jill Malcolm, Executive Director for Science Coach. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. And Ethan and Taylor, good luck to you as well. Uh, listeners, if you want to learn more about this, you could go to sciencecoach.org slash invent uh, to learn more about the curriculum. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, all three of you. Thank you very much. Appreciate the opportunity. All right, stick around. We'll have Jason Hall next talking about Greater St. Louis, Inc. More to come on Nothing Impossible right after this. Welcome back to Nothing Impossible on St. Louis's News Radio, KMOX. Job creation and equity are the focus of a rethink of St. Louis's civic booster and development efforts. Jason Hall, the current CEO of Arch to Park, is with us on KMOX. And Jason, tell us about these changes that are coming to many organizations that people are probably familiar with and the new role that you're going to be taking on. Thanks, Michael. And, uh, we're really excited, you know, when, when five organizations are coming together in St. Louis to combine their strengths and really double down on a commitment to economic growth, uh, inclusive economic growth for the region. We know we need to improve our economic performance uh, in St. Louis. We've got a lot of momentum, and I think this is an opportunity to come together and speak uh, with a more unified voice having a bold agenda for the future of this metropolitan region uh, and acting as one metropolitan region anchored by its urban core. What are the organizations that are going to be coming together, merging to form this new organization? What's it going to be called? And really, each of these seem like they bring a specific specialty in the economic development manufacturing line, you could say. Uh, They each bring a specific element. uh, And what are those? Sure. Uh, So the new organization uh, will be known as Greater St. Louis, Inc. And forming that organization uh, are five existing uh, organizations, as I mentioned. One is the St. Louis Regional Chamber, uh, which is one of the largest membership organizations uh, in the region with a strong emphasis on having uh, pro-growth and forward-looking public policy. Secondly, the Alliance STL, which is a relatively new uh, effort in St. Louis, but it's focused on business recruitment. So who gets up every day trying to bring new business, new jobs to our region? And of course, many are familiar with their work. We're very successful in bringing Accenture Federal Services uh, this year to St. Louis and 1,400 new high-tech, high-paying jobs. Um, Civic Progress which is a coalition of large organization CEOs who have been critical in building the capacity and funding uh, major efforts to advance the region. Downtown STL Inc., uh, which is the group uh, leading uh, the revitalization of downtown St. Louis. And finally, Arch to Park, uh, which has a slightly broader mission in advancing the urban core, which is the group uh, that I have the privilege of leading today. So together, we'll come together for what 
we really have always seen our work, I think, as promoting a greater St. Louis. Those organizations are physically not far from each other now. They're all in the same building, right? That's right. Um, All of these organizations are currently located in the Metropolitan Square building in downtown. Five of us are on the same floor. And that was a decision uh, we all made in February of this year. And I think we realized uh, we were more effective working as one. The collaboration increased. And we thought, why not, from a staff perspective, make this collaboration permanent? And that's really what Greater St. Louis Inc. accomplishes. What did you learn from other cities? Where did you look? What comparable places do you look to to find out ideas uh, on how to uh, do uh, St. Louis economic development and marketing? And what did you learn? What did you take from these places? The design of Greater St. Louis Inc. is built on best in class and really adapting what we saw was the very best in in other cities and regions in the U.S. And that included... um, Areas like Charlotte, Denver, Des Moines, Indianapolis, fast-growing cities in the Midwest, Pittsburgh, Columbus. And what was clear where they're having much greater success than St. Louis is from an economic development perspective, coming together as one and having a civic institution that can steward the long-term drivers of economic growth and get up every day. Uh, working to bring more jobs and more opportunity to the metropolitan region is where you've got to be. And that's really what Greater St. Louis aims to do. We've got a lot of work in the days ahead, but this is a bold step forward in the right direction. You talk about doing work the days ahead. Uh, You know, some will say about St. Louis in the past that we make plans. We love to study. We love to examine. uh, But what's the follow through? And some organizations, you know, you mentioned Alliance STL, BioSTL, really have a, a real track record of real action. Is that what you're hoping that this merger does is gets all of these resources together and makes uh, some some real action more uh, more feasible, more possible? It is because you need a focal point and you have to have the scale and the professional staff to do this work. If we have big dreams and we want to do big things, we have to build a best in class model. And that's really what Greater St. Louis Inc. is going to do. And I have no doubt uh, that in the, the days and years ahead, this organization will accomplish big things together with and for this community. And one of the organizations that's joining this is Downtown STL, Inc. Uh, Of course, downtown, the arch, the skyline, is the image of the region, uh, the front door for this uh, metropolitan area. And uh, there's going to be a new division of Greater St. Louis, Inc. called Central City, STL. What is that going to entail, and why do you think it's important for businesses who may be outside of that central corridor, uh, but they are members of the chamber, they're going to be members of this new organization, and they may say, I'm 20 miles away from downtown. Why is that important to me? Why is Central City such an essential part of this merger? When you look at best-in-class, high-growth regions around the United States, they've all recognized that to be a strong region, you must have a strong and vibrant urban core. And that was without exception. Uh, and when, when in this model really does embrace that. And that's, that's why we think it's important to elevate the role of and the work of 
the urban core uh, to the regional scale. And that really does follow best in, best in class. And one of the major focuses of this is going to be inclusive economic growth. Talk about how you bring equity into the official process. You get these organizations to make it an official priority. How has that been? What's the response been? And how do you plan to make that a true priority for the region? Well, it is it is really exciting. And I think growth and equity are two of the defining issues uh, of our time. Uh, in this region and in this country. Economic growth is about creating more jobs, more investment, more opportunity for our residents. The commitment to inclusive growth asks a second but equally important question, who participates and benefits from that growth and recognizes that some residents face barriers, historic barriers, um, that we must address so that everyone in this region can participate and contribute to that growth. So we're really going to be looking at those cross-cutting strategies to address that. Uh, and um, I'm really excited that Valerie Patton, a longtime civic leader uh, in St. Louis, is going to be the the founding chief diversity, equity, and inclusion officer of Greater St. Louis Inc. Her track record is exceptional. Uh, she is nationally regarded, and I look forward to working with her. Secondly, we've all been working on the first metropolitan jobs plan in over a decade, and we're bringing best-in-class uh, uh, practice from around the country for inclusive growth, and we'll have an action plan uh, around that. And we look forward to sharing more details on that uh, next month. Yeah, you mentioned jobs. How big is workforce training and retraining going to be a part of this? And uh, and how do you accomplish that? It, it's got to. It is critically important, uh, Michael, because the uh, economy is moving at a very fast pace. We have to have systems in place that allow us to retrain and readapt to new career opportunities as they are created. St. Louis has been a leader when you think of programs like Launch Code, uh, started by Jim McKelvey, or the Claim Academy, uh, founded by Ola Yeni, um, so that people can go in in short courses and adapt and, and be a part of uh, the, the new economic opportunities we're creating in a technology-driven economy. We're going to have to bring that together and have a system that supports our residents. And I look forward to Greater St. Louis, Inc. and all of the partners that we will work with in the community being a part of that change. What did you learn from some of the, as we talk about, for instance, civic progress being a part of this, and we've heard about one of one of the local business leaders, Michael Nydorf, speaking out, former member of civic progress. Bob Clark has also been outspoken about some of the challenges that the St. Louis region faces. Uh, some of these uh, statements that we've heard in the last year, how much were you able to take from those and apply to this new organization? It's a great question. I think people have talked about the need to defragment and consolidate effort uh, around economic growth for a very long time. And I think the move uh, of these five organizations to come together um, answers that call. We need to have a place that can steward uh, long-term growth, have a staff and that is best in class, that can carry forward an agenda and get things done in this region around economic growth. And that's what this does. And I, I 
I hope that both of them, uh, both Bob Clark and Michael Nydorf and many other business leaders um, will choose to be a part of this. And uh, let's come together and let's seize the opportunities, work collaboratively with the community uh, to solve the challenges we face. And through that, we'll ensure the next generation of St. Louis. One of the focuses of Chamber STL, one of the new divisions, is going to be advocacy. You've got lots of experience in Jefferson City, Jason. What are the priorities that the new Chamber STL organization underneath Greater St. Louis, what are they going to be advocating for? What do we really need the state government to step up and do? You and I have talked about Missouri Technology Corporation. You're familiar with them. But uh, you know, what are the big yeah. priorities that Missouri needs to get on? We'll be working with uh, those stakeholders, so a little premature to lay out uh, the agenda right now, but I think it's critical in both Illinois and Missouri, we're a bi-state region, uh, that we have to have public policy and we have to have a voice um, that is bringing the tools to help our economy grow. Startups is an example, and I think if you look at the history of the Missouri Technology Corporation, partnering with St. Louis and communities throughout the state, the great results that we can achieve. Look at companies like uh, Matt Crisp with Benson Hill, and we were able to use those tools to help recruit that company here. And just a few weeks ago, cut the ribbon on a new $52 million headquarters. They were three people when we recruited them here from North Carolina because of the assets we had in plant sciences and the investment capital we were able to match uh, with the private investors and that's performed very well last night arch grants uh had a terrific gala and look at all of those exciting companies including many in the geospatial sector which is a, a future uh, growth opportunity for this region the mtc was one of the first partners to invest and help form arch grants so that's an example of the type of pro-metropolitan public policy that we're going to need out of Jefferson City and Springfield, Illinois. Might we see uh, any changes to marketing, the way the St. Louis region gets its message out there and frames how people think of us, are their first impressions of us? Um, might we see with more resources or different people in charge uh, a change or an increase in uh, whether it's you know, commercials, billboards, opening offices in different places? Might we see uh, an increase in marketing of the region? You're absolutely going to see that. You cannot be the best kept secret and expect to grow. And as you know, uh, just over a year ago, we launched the STL Made movement to start shining a light on the people in our region, because the people are what makes a region special, that are doing the hard work every day uh, to move this region forward. And it has been met with uh, tremendous enthusiasm. And we're gonna take that story national uh, in this next year. And we're gonna, start, uh, we're gonna start speaking a lot more loudly, a lot more proudly about who we are as a region. It doesn't mean we sweep our problems under the rug. That was never what the narrative was about. It's really about leaning forward with who we are, acknowledging where we need to improve and inviting people to come to this region to be a part of the change. And you're gonna see a lot more of that in the year ahead. Well, Jason, any other thoughts on Greater St. Louis, Inc. and how it can change our regional, maybe the way we think regionally, maybe we can be more united, maybe we can change the way that we approach problems, and even if the governments aren't merged, we can still have the mindset that we've all got to, got to work together. Is that what you're hoping comes out of this? It is. I grew up in this region, uh, native of Granite City, Illinois, uh, in the Metro East, 
And like many people that are involved in this work and uh, the people that entrust us with resources to do this work, we want to fight for the future of this great region that is our home. And we know that its best days are not behind us, its best days are in front of us. But we have to commit to coming together because future cities, future growth is not accidental and it is not automatic. And I think this institution uh, and this coming together as Greater St. Louis Inc. is a bold step uh, for a new generation of St. Louis. And I look forward to being a part of it. Welcome back to Nothing Impossible on St. Louis's News Radio, KMOX. All right, welcome back to Nothing Impossible. We are excited to be joined by one of our favorite guests. I don't think we have her on enough, but I'm glad we have her on now. Emily Lowe's Bush, the executive director of Arch Grants. Thanks for joining us. What happened this week? <laughs> so things happened this week. Um, it's a big week in St. Louis. For Arch Grants, of course, most importantly, we had our strangest annual gala ever, but um, no less exciting. We welcomed our new cohort of our trans companies um, and I uh, did it all virtually, of course, but um, still had a, had a good time and, and got to introduce some incredible founders and, and their companies. As usual, is it a mix of around the world, around the country, and some from right here in St. Louis? Yeah, it's actually, um, we, we weren't sure going into competition this year what, what this would look like in terms of people's willingness to move and just kind of generally what this would look like. So we have been, what I will say is this year, people and the companies that are moving, so we are 50-50, so about 50% are from St. Louis, 50% from elsewhere. Um, the companies that are moving here are moving over the next three months where normally we would say, you know, by about now, everyone would be here so we could get started. But um, there's a number of, of different factors that people are, are working through, but everyone will be here by January and um, just in time for lovely St. Louis winter. But yeah, we've got companies from, uh, let's see, we've got a Minneapolis, we've got uh, Bozeman, Montana, um, we've got... Kansas, we've got both coasts, um, California, um, New York. And what was interesting is, is it's a mix of companies that um, had an interest in being here um, and, um, and those who had some connection, you know, as we've all been hearing about, there's kind of a, a, a little bit of an exodus out of some of the, the coastal cities um, because of the pandemic. And I think there were, there were some founders who kind of felt like now is the time for me to come back to either the Midwest or come back to St. Louis. And, um, we love, we love founders like that because that there's, there's some stickiness there in terms of them really wanting to, to grow and, um, scale their businesses here. So how many companies have been part of Arch Grants so far over the nine years? So we are at 173 companies that we have funded. Um, and, um, yeah, and we will have, uh, I, I am not up to date yet on our newest stats as of, as of June. Um, but we, uh, so one of the things we talked about, and I think I, I think I talked to you guys about this last year is that we did for the first time in our history, have a really focused effort on, uh, geospatial companies because not for the entire cohort, of course, but for part of it, uh, because of the, the St. Louis fit component of that, the fact that so many geospatial companies are interested in what's happening here in St. Louis. And so we did a, a targeted outreach. We um, said we were going to have at least five of our grants go to geospatial or geospatial related companies. 
and we ended up having um, seven companies in the geospatial space. So um, about four that are pretty direct geospatial tech, and then four, or three or four that use um, elements of geospatial technology as a part of their core product. And Emily, some of the companies in this latest cohort include, uh, some of these look familiar, Travis, and I have talked with some of them before. We've got a St. Louis company, Flipstick, using NASA's adhesive research to create consumer goods, like the one that lets you stick your phone to a flat surface. There's Mission Control from St. Louis, a recreational esports company, Mosaic from Minnesota, which aggregates electronic medical record data, Native Pet from St. Louis, supplements for dogs and cats. Emily, where can people go to read all about these companies, read about the past ones, find about about applying for the future cohorts, just all the info about Arch Grants? Where do you go? Absolutely. You go to archgrants.org, our newly designed website. Um, we've got all of the new companies live, and you can, you can read all about them. They're really, really awesome. I'm actually, I'm using a flip stick right now to keep my phone <laughs> on my dashboard as I drive. All, all of the companies are, are incredible and um, really diverse in terms of what they do, what areas they're in. But um, please, everybody who can in St. Louis, go find out more about them and, and um, reach out to us because we want to give them a big welcome to St. Louis. Well, Emily Loeschbusch, thanks so much for joining us. And a fun fact about Flipstick, I was one of their early funders and, and supporters via their crowdfunding campaign. So I'm excited to see them continue oh. to move forward. And let's plan on lining some of these up for deeper conversations with these companies on future Nothing Impossible shows. That would be awesome. Yeah, and actually, Flip, I think they're going to be on Shark Tank next Friday. Very exciting. Set the everybody, every, yeah, everybody should check out, check out Flipstick on, on Shark Tank. And that's a wrap for this week's Nothing Impossible. Thanks so much for joining us. Download the podcast and stay innovating, St. Louis. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.